as I said, it's been great to, to be back with you. And I'd like to share in God's word this morning something that's been very real to us over the last year. And there's so many Bible passages that we've been uh, meditating on and that we've found to be true in our lives and experienced them in colour, even in the difficult times. But I'd like to share one of them with you t- today. We're going to uh, go through it, um, I suppose, ex- exposing or um, uh, bringing out God's word. And, and I'd like to share a few comments about how that's been really real in our lives and it can be real in your life as well. So what's the big thing that's going on in your life right now? Are you struggling with something difficult? If you're not right now, it'll come. Because in these, this life, Jesus said to his disciples that we'll have trouble and afflictions. But he also said that he's overcome the world. And there's hope in him. So last year our family went through a big trial. As you know, Sandy was diagnosed with tongue cancer early last year. And um, as we went through that, we didn't even expect it. But we want to go into the Word and, and show you how God's worked through that and how He is faithful in all of these trials and circumstances that we could go through. So let's open our Bibles in 2 Corinthians 1. I've got it here up on the, on the screen. Um, but let's read this portion together and then we're going to um, learn some lessons out of that this morning. It says... Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might re- not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a dead, deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favour granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Lord, thank you for this word and we just pray that you would speak through it this morning and that Jesus would be glorified, that we would see more of you and we can walk in faith and obedience to your word. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, I see two movements as we unpack this passage. In the first section from verse 3 to verse 7, we see God's comfort. In verse 3 it says, Praise, to be, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. So we see three attributes of God in this verse. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. This is our God. The first thing that Paul starts sharing with the Corinthians in this second letter is that God is a God of comfort, a God of compassion. He is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
This is who God is. And as we get to know God more, we can see these attributes and these characteristics of Him expressed in His actions and in our lives. So God is the God of comfort. And then verse 4 goes on to say what this God of comfort does. It says, who comforts us in all our troubles. And so when you and I have troubles, our first port of call, our first comfort is God. He is our God of comfort. And I'd like to ask a question. Where do you go when you have trials and troubles? Where do I go when I have trials and troubles? A lot of the time, we first go to friends, family, or even to worldly things to try and receive comfort or try and go through trials. But here, Paul's encouraging the Corinthians and saying, God comforts us in all our trials. So in the midst of whatever your trial, your big thing is today, God is your source of comfort. He is full of compassion. And he wants to have that intimate and deep relationship with you where you can walk through the difficult things of life together. Last year started out not as we expected it. We'd just taken a little bit of time off to refocus and we, we had a bunch of plans for 2018. We were just like ready to go. We'd taken some time out to de- just to listen to God and we were biting at the bit to, to get going. And we come back and Sandy just had some pain and, um, and one, one day, one Sunday after church, we'd gone out to the park and she found a little lump under her tongue. And, um, and she kind of touched it and went, oh, that hurts. And, um, and so she asked Romy to take a photo of it and I went, oh, that's a bit weird. And so we got home and she took a little video of it and said, oh, that's a bit weird. And so she sent it off to a, a friend of ours who's a dentist. And then the dentist said, oh, I don't like that. And so she said, oh, okay, well, come in and, and see me during the week. And because the dentist said, oh, I don't like that, she happened to be in a, in a, in a party with, or a, a meeting with some friends and she kind of passed it around to some other doctor friends and they said, oh, I don't like that. So a lot of people didn't like this lump. We didn't like it either. Um, and it turned out to be not a very likeable sort of thing. And so we, we started on this journey where um, she sent us off to a pathologist, um, we went to the, the social security doctor, we started a couple of processes in parallel. But this storm in our life just sprung up. And when we, a week or two later, that we got the diagnosis that that it was a cancerous tumour, it was like, whoa, the waves coming in, like those oceans we just sang about. But you know what? One of the things that on that day, I remember when we received the results, we came out of the pathologist, we sat down, we prayed together. It was a difficult piece of news to get but also we remembered that our God who we know who we trust and who we love hadn't changed from about 15 minutes ago when we didn't know what it was he's the same God before that he was the same God right in that moment he's still the same God today he's this God the God of compassion the God of all comfort and he was there to comfort us we called our local pastor and and prayed with him and it was like, okay, okay, let's walk this trial with God. And it was amazing the peace and comfort that he gave us through that process. As we go on the, in this passage, it says, Who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble 
with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. So the purpose or the process of this comfort is that we receive it. We don't keep it. We pass it on. That comfort we have received from God, we can comfort others in whatever trial they're going through. We've been talking a little bit about, in the communion time, about being in community. And it wasn't about one going first and one being hungry. It was about being in community. So God comforts us so that we can comfort others. And when we are comforted, it is so that others can be comforted as well. Paul goes on to say that. He says, If we are distressed, sorry, for just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our, into our lives, as was a very real thing for, an, for the early church, as Christ had suffered and been persecuted, he said to his disciples, If I've been persecuted, you also will be persecuted. And this was a real thing for the early church. And it can be a real thing for us today. And many people are suffering and persecuted around the world for the name of Christ. And so in that way, Christ's suffering overflows into our lives because we're identified with him. So also through Christ, our comfort overflows. So where does our comfort come from? Our good God and our good Saviour in Christ. And just as God sent his son to this earth to suffer and die on a cross... And he suffered and had difficult times in his life, not just on the cross, but all through his life. And he was raised. The Father comforted Jesus Christ. And in the same way, the Father comforts us in all our sufferings. And so our comfort will overflow. It won't be just enough. It won't be almost there. It will be overflowing. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. So what is the fruit or the purpose of these sufferings? To produce in us patient endurance. You see, we we see Jesus Christ, and I always love coming back to the life of Christ, seeing how Jesus walked. We see in Isaiah, he's called a man of sorrows. And that he was familiar with suffering. Jesus didn't just suffer on the road to the cross and when he was being crucified. He suffered all through his life. He was familiar with suffering. I believe there was great joy in the life of Christ as well. But suffering was a constant for him. So many things in the life of Jesus were difficult. But he had that patient endurance with his eyes on the Father. The Father's glory. And so as we go through this passage here, we see in ourselves things that God has placed in our lives to lift up our eyes and see Jesus. So this comfort that God gives us is both a temporary comfort in the circumstances of life, but an eternal comfort that only comes in Jesus. Now the world can offer some sort of temporary comfort, but the world cannot offer the eternal comfort that we have in Jesus Christ. And as we've celebrated the gospel of Jesus, the good news that Jesus, God's son, came to this earth and lived the life that we couldn't live, a perfect life in obedience to the Father, who died the death that we couldn't die in our place, and he rose victorious to give us, by grace, salvation, eternal life, and a hope and a future That's the eternal comfort that 
only Jesus Christ can give us. So if you're here this morning and you don't know that comfort that's eternal through Jesus Christ, he's inviting you into that comfort through the trials, through the difficult things of life. And he wants to walk that with you and give you an eternal hope that nothing in this world can offer. And then, as we see, this principle of being comforted to comfort others, that's been a real challenge in my life. When God called me over to Mexico, now 12 or 13 years ago, um, I was taking the perspectives course. And one of the things that really um, hit a note with my heart was the principle in, in the Bible that God blesses in order to be a blessing to others. God gives in order to give to others. God comforts in this passage to be a comfort to others. And so as I see this, I, I see it as a river. you ever thought about that? Sometimes we can be a bit of a lake and things just kind of come in and might evaporate a little bit. But the idea of a river, God being the source and flowing into our lives so that we can flow into the lives of others. God blesses us so we can be a blessing to others. God blessed Israel to be a blessing to all nations, Genesis 12. And God comforts us to be a comfort to others. So how has God comforted you this morning? Not just eternally in Christ, but also in the difficult things of life. You see, for us last year, God took us through this process of saying, where is your comfort, Phil? Where is your comfort, Sandy? And going deeper with him. And not just that, but also being able to comfort others. And it's amazing to see. One of the things that I struggled with as, as a guy in ministry, saying, oh, we've got this struggle. Like, we're there to do a mission or ministry. We've got goals. We're, we're working towards investing in people. We've got um, work to do. And then having that struggle of, okay, there's, there's time pressures to, to be with my family. And, and I love being with my family and pastoring my family and and, and then we've got the kids and then we've got these things and th- the other things and I was kind of torn with the time because we want to be good stewards of what God's got placed us in our hands to do. But one of those things was God just saying to me, okay, I'm going to comfort you in this time and, and you need to be a comfort to your wife and to your kids and to walk faithfully through this trial but also to those around it was amazing to see how God brought through the comfort that we received, comfort to others. We met a bunch of people in hospital waiting rooms with whom we could share the gospel of Christ with because they had no hope, no comfort, and they were suffering. And God placed us in a situation that was very unique to say, okay, we kind of actually do understand what you're passing through now because the gospel and the hope is the same, but sometimes people want you to be there and understand it a little bit more. And one of the amazing things that God did was that in the midst of our suffering and us thinking, oh, we're not doing enough, a lot of the people that we've been sharing with came closer to Christ. Now, why was that? Because they could see see that the faith that we'd been talking about and modelling was real in the tough times. And that when we were in those tough times, God was there for us. And you could see it in our faces. Not because of us, as we sang about as well. 
yet because of Christ in us. Galatians 2.20, you know, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I live now, I live by faith in the one who died and rose again for me. So it's Christ in us that gives us this, this amazing comfort and this amazing way to comfort others. For questions of time, I don't have time to go into all the ways that God comforted us. But I was thinking this morning about Psalm 62. So if you'd like to take Psalm 62 home with you, I was thinking about that, the way that God really does comfort us. God is big enough to know about our trials and troubles. God is our strength, our rock and our refuge. And also in the New Living Translation, I think the the translation of uh, Psalm 62 verse 8 more or less, is that it invites us to open our hearts to God. So in the midst of the suffering and trials that we can go through, God wants us to open our hearts to him. He's big enough to even hear our complaints sometimes, our desperation, and he will flow his love into all of those areas. And as we go through the last part of this passage, this has been a real testimony for us. Verse 8 says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. And we have been able to share with you a little of what we've gone through. There's a couple of photos that I'd love to um, put up on the screen, if you can help me out with that. Just the first photos of Sandy. Uh, one back. I think these ones, yeah. So this was the last time Sandy had her, sung, her tongue complete. <laughs> and she went through a pretty pretty amazing surgery where they opened up all of her neck and took out 34 um, glands and tested those for cancer. One of them came out positive for cancer and that was why she went through a, a process concurrently of radio and chemotherapy. So where we, we see... We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. It was a reality for us. So as Paul and his companions doing ministry were going through mortal danger, with people persecuting them, he went through a whole bunch of stuff um, uh, in this time of doing this, this third missionary journey. But for us, it was a real reality being pushed beyond our ability to endure. And you know what that does? That... The answer is in the next verse. It says, Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the key. We are so good at relying on ourselves, on what I can do to feel better, what I can do to fix up my financial situation, what I can do to fix up this relationship. But we need to come to God and start relying just on him and his word. God has answers in his word to every situation of life. And I firmly believe that God's word is sufficient. He's given it to us. It's a living word. So as we go through these trials, it takes us to a place that we rely only on God and not on ourselves. And that is a difficult place, but it's a beautiful place. Because in that place, 
you start to see the amazing panorama of all God is. Because he is sufficient for us in our trials, in our suffering, and in our difficulties. And so I remember one night that Sandy was just really, really down. So when we were going through the radiotherapy, each day it got worse. So after the surgery, it was amazing to see God giving her a great recovery through the radio and chemotherapy. We got to that stage where she couldn't do it anymore because she had um, big blisters in her in her mouth and through her throat and she just couldn't get liquids down. She couldn't eat anything. She was just getting really weak. And there was just one night, one night in this whole period that Sandy was crying and she said to me, I don't want any more treatment. I can't do it anymore. And I as a husband couldn't bring any other medicine. I couldn't bring her any food. I couldn't bring her anything else. I couldn't do anything more for her. And she couldn't do anything for herself. She was weak and battered and in pain. And so our only hope was to cry out to God. We prayed together. And God reached us at that time. Sandy had said to God through this trial, God, I want to trust in you. I'm going to trust in you fighting the cancer as you've given me the, the tools to do it, going, taking medicine, going through the treatment. But when I can't do any more, then you've got to show up, God. And God showed up. She prayed that prayer that night. You know the amazing thing? When she had nothing in her body, the next morning, I had to take the kids to school and all that sort of thing. Sandy woke up before me about 5 a.m., she was able to get half a glass of water down and started making breakfast. God lifted her up in a tangible way and we could see that it wasn't about us or our strength. It was about him. And she even came with me in a wheelchair to do some of the purchasing for the cafe. You don't know the impact that that had on the kids and on me just to see her lifted up by God and able to accompany us for a little while doing some of the activities that we were doing. So God is the one who comforts us so that we can comfort others and so that we might rely only on him. And verse 10 says, He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. And that is so much our song and our message today. You know what? We had to have some difficult conversations saying, I don't know if God, God's will is to save Sandy's temporary earthly life or whether he will take her. We had that conversation. It was difficult. But you know what? He saved us because he brought us closer to Jesus. And so whether our earthly life goes on a long time or a short time, it's about Jesus. And it gives you a new perspective on this life because our time's short and we need to use it to glorify and honour his name. But what's the worst thing that can happen to us? It's not death because that's one of the best things that can happen to us. And we're not being silly about this, but 
God brings us real hope in the face of suffering. And when we go deeper in him, we can see that it's not about holding on to this life, it's about glorifying Jesus. So if Jesus is glorified in our physical death, praise be to him, and we're going to be with him. And if he is glorified by us being here for more time, it's for serving and glorifying him and comforting others, as we see in this passage. And so God has delivered us and has delivered Sandy from this difficult health situation. And maybe your situation this morning is delicate and there's not good news. The good news is in Jesus. It's not in that your health problem goes away. It's not in that your financial problem goes away. It's in Jesus Christ. And it says, On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. And so we're going through a, a, another health trial with Sandy at the moment. She's got some acute back pain. We haven't really been able to get great answers. We've been able to see a doctor here which has helped us in the process. But our hope is not in that that goes away or having all the answers, but in Jesus. He will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favour granted us in answer to the prayers of many. This was Paul's testimony here with the Corinthian church saying, as you guys have prayed for us, God has been glorified. And we want to give thanks to him because he has saved us. And in the same way, we want to give thanks to God that all of you have joined in prayer. And we go, wow, God is real. He has delivered us. And the praise and the glory and the honour is for him, not for us. We are just his servants, as it says later on in this book. So we want to preach to all of you this morning, Jesus Christ and him crucified, not ourselves. We're just his, his servants. And as we go through these things, we can see that Christ is sufficient for us. So if you are going through a trial or a trouble this morning, I'd like to give you a couple of questions that I've got a little bit later on in the presentation. Making it real. How do you view suffering? James 1, 2 and 3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers. How do you and I view suffering? No, I've got to get rid of this suffering as soon as possible. But can we stop and ask what God wants to do in the midst of that suffering? How he can comfort us, how we can experience him more deeply and also comfort others. It might be that your suffering is for the salvation of someone else. Paul talked about that in this passage. And it's amazing the way that when we are suffering, other people can see the reality of our faith. Where do you look for comfort when you're facing trouble? Do you try and anaesthetise it with going out shopping or going to your friends? And all, all of these things like going with our friends and having support in, in the church community is great. But our first port of call has to be going to, towards Christ and opening our heart to him and then being supported in it in a church community with our friends and family. And who around you needs to know the comfort of Christ in their life today? Is it someone in your family that just needs to know that Christ is there? That you can explain your story and how God has been sufficient for you and how you've received comfort from him so that they might be able to know a bit more about Christ. So how can we be God's ambassadors 
in the midst of tough times. And as we think about missions, what's that all about? You know, this might just be a suffering thing. And, and as I said, I kind of struggle with that idea. We've got you know all these things to do, but God's more interested in who we are than all the things we can do. And the work is His, the harvest feels His, and it's amazing to see how God has used this trial in our ministry to reach others. So I'd like to share with you just a little bit about what God is doing at Renovarte. God brought Sandy from here to here to demonstrate his glory. And I'm so grateful to have my wife with me um, as we can continue to serve him in Mexico. And for those lowest times to those highest times, God is there. He is our comfort and the glory is for him. So we have been doing something. Uh, we serve in a ministry called uh, Renovarte Café in Mexico. God has placed us there to be and make disciples of Jesus Christ. And as we've got the Monte Youth banner up here with Matthew 28:19, that's our heartbeat, to be and make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's the Great Commission. And as we are here on, on Mission Sunday, we want to make sure that we're talking about being and making disciples. So our vision over there in, in Mexico for the cafe is to be the preferred place for socialising accompanied by great products and services. So what's that all about? actually runs us as a, bit, as a business. But it's an enabler to reach out to today's young adults for Jesus, making true disciples that will multiply and impact this generation. You see, I was, I was listening to Bill and, and their global strategy is to win... Equip? No. Uh, build and send. Sorry. I'm translating a few things back from Spanish. <laughs> but you know what? That's not their strategy. It's Jesus' strategy. And, and so our strategy is kind of the same thing because it's not our strategy. It's Jesus' strategy. And so we want to share Christ with others. We want to build into their lives, disciple them, form them as disciples, and send them out just as Jesus did. So our day-to-day is to share who Jesus is through an authentic relationship, an intentional message, a friendly space, and a great quality product. So our day-to-day ministry space is Renovarte Café. But the ministry doesn't start and end with Renovarte Café. The ministry starts and ends with Jesus and forming disciples. So you'll see a little bit later on a few photos of other things that, that God is doing. There's a whole bunch of text on this um, that you guys can... I'm going to leave my laptop out later on that you guys can see the, the detail of this. But there's four priorities that we're working through. We're sharing Christ. We're cultivating a movement of disciples. We're developing leaders. And we're refining or, or growing the model of a coffee shop that sustains a disciple-making movement. This is just a little bit of what we're doing on an outward side. We've done some cards like this, and this is kind of new, so I wanted to share that with you. We were really good as a cafe at knowing what we're about. You know, we're about making disciples, we're about reaching out to people, the, the message of Christ. But we asked the question a bit over a year ago, saying, do our customers really know that? So what's our kind of outward-facing vision? Because a lot of the time we're, we're working with the team and investing in them, but what do our customers think of Renovarte? So we started to think and in a way that we can share with them the message of Jesus 
and share what we do in Renovarte. And we came up with this line saying, a cup of hope in the name of Jesus. So when we serve you a cup of coffee, we don't want it just to be a cup of coffee, but we want to bring hope in the name of Jesus. And we want, and I've, I've found that people really connect with that idea of Jesus bringing hope. Because there are a lot of hopeless situations that we go through. There's suffering in life. When we, when we become believers, it doesn't mean that we'll stop suffering. We'll probably get more suffering. It's just that we've got a real and living hope in Jesus in the midst of it. So we want to bring hope to people. And that hope is found in Jesus and his word. And we want to enable people to be a part of a community that can find that hope in Jesus. So we've started uh, working on, on a bit more um, communication around what we do to the general community. And, and that's been really good in um, both enabling them to connect better with Renovarte Café and also for our team to have something in hand that they can start to share the gospel with. So there's a bunch of things with Campus Crusade or, or Powder Change. Um, there's tools and, and techniques that they're, they're using to share the gospel. There's a multitude of those, but they're all rooted in, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this is one of the things that we're using to share the gospel and to con- connect people. And one of the things that we're, we're offering them is a space to be, an oasis in their daily life, a message of hope and a biblical, um, biblical advice. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm I'm translating a few things back from Spanish. Um, I do think in Spanish a lot of the time, so sorry about that. <laughs> um, but one of the things that God has opened us up to in the last um, three or four years is is biblical counselling. So Sandy and I have been trained in biblical counselling, and we're we're training our team as well in, in biblical counselling as part of the discipleship process, and seeing how God's word is sufficient for all of the the needs that we have and bringing people to the gospel of Jesus Christ, but also unlocking for them that God has answers to the the struggles and difficulties of life in his word. And so we've been offering that in the cafe for people that are hurting or going through difficult times. And we're also involving them in a process of of loving others and and being loved by the community at Renovarte. I'd like to introduce you to these two guys. These are two of our key leaders that we're investing in. Um, Oscar who's in the middle, and Luis Fernando on this side. So Oscar and, and Luis Fer have arrived at the cafe in two different ways. Luis Fernando arrived as a customer, really liked our coffee. He arrived in the first year, so that's nearly uh, nine years ago, just through seeing a sign on, on the street, came up, really liked our espresso, and so he started to come in every single day because he worked around the corner. And then as he came in, he started to see a different thing, something different in the in the cafe. And we were there all day. Uh, it was just Sandy, Romy and I. And so we would eat together there. And so we started inviting him to eat with us as we were there in the cafe during the afternoon. And he sat down and saw how we prayed before our meal and, and saw something different. And he came, comes from a Catholic background, but he was kind of just went along to the Catholic church. And then we just started talk to him, talking to him about Jesus. And he, and he said, after a couple of years, I just love Renovarte because you walk in there and you come out full of Jesus. And then after a couple of, about a year more, I invited him to, I said, hey, would you like to you know, sit down and read the Word of God together and, and learn more about Jesus? So we started studying the Word of God. And it was amazing to see how God's Word worked in his life. Things that for us... We 
know verses like Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 off by heart. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith and not of ourselves. As we studied these things, it was like, wow, it's all about grace. And just seeing the basic truths of God's word explode in his heart and mind. And there was also some other missionaries that came from Costa Rica (coughs) who also started investing in him for, for a time. And we really see how he's grown and put his faith in Jesus Christ. And he's bearing fruit. So he's now part of our team and now serving and, and investing in others. And he's taking some real steps of, of growth and we're really excited about what God is doing and has done in the life of Luis Fernando. Oscar, on the other hand, uh, had been going along to church and, and had already accepted Christ when he came along to the cafe. He just started volunteering with us Thursday and Friday nights. And we just started work. He and I started uh, sitting down and, and reading the word of God together. And he comes from a, a family that kind of doesn't really know Christ. Um, and Sandy and I became like his spiritual parents, people that took time to invest in him and to guide him through decisions through and going into the word of God together. And so when he was working at a big company, he lost his job through a widespread retrenchment. And the next day he said, Hey, Phil, I'm available. Do you want to... Is there a space for me in Renovarte? And we said, yes. So he came on uh, full-time with us, and, and he's been growing. And Oscar's probably not a natural leader in many ways, but God's been working in him and helping him to start to see how when he depends on Christ, he can lead others. And these two guys are, are the two guys that are today, well, not today because they're... Sunday, but um, <laughs> that are looking after Renovarte, but not just looking after it. The most exciting thing for us from a year ago when we were going through this cancer process and things were kind of just in status quo and just kind of keeping going, that these guys are not just keeping going now, but they're taking charge of our, two of our, our main outreach activities. They're starting new things. Um, and so we're really in that process of starting to hand over things to them and seeing God lift them up which is very exciting for us because that's our real heart, that we can form disciples that are making disciples and develop leaders that can continue with the ministry and multiply because we don't want it just to start and end with us. It's not about us, it's about Jesus. So that's why the whole model has gone through us investing in them to be able to multiply into others so that the coffee shop doesn't depend on uh, for the basic needs and ministry uh, costs doesn't depend on outside donations. Why? Not because God doesn't work through those things, but because we want it to depend on Jesus and be sustainable for the long term. So they're two of the guys that we're investing in. We're also excited by Eddie, who's there with our family, uh, who's just come back from Costa Rica. She's Sandy's cousin, and we invested in her over a number of years, and she was sent out to Costa Rica. She's just come back. Um, she spent 18 months serving in Costa Rica, being sent out, and she's just come back and, and she's forming part of the, the Renovarte leadership team, specifically in the area, area of discipling and discipling women. And she's praying about the next steps in ministry. So please pray for Ede. And that's, that's kind of our leadership team that, that we're investing in. Here's more of the cafe team uh, at the end of last year. Uh, so they're the young people in whom we're principally investing in 
so that they can go and make disciples as well. There's a mix of students, uh, of people who are full-time in the cafe, and, and it's just really exciting to see each one of them start to in, understand God's word and, and the character and priorities of Jesus in order to go out into the world and make disciples. This is the big table event that we do once a month where we share food and invite people to come along and eat together. And that's a way that we're able to demonstrate or reflect the generous heart of God. And we don't have a, it's not like we give you food and you have to listen to a, a sermon. No, it's about con- connecting in community. But every time that we do it, God gives us the opportunity with one or two people to sit down and, and share the gospel of Christ. So that's been a really cool thing. And people just go, whoa, I don't get it. Like, why, if you guys can sell us food, why do you give us food? And it's an amazing testimony to the, the grace of God. You know, God's been gracious to us. He's shown us his grace and, and given us what we don't deserve. And so we want to do that as well with people. And it just blows their mind. It's amazing. <laughs> for, for us, it's not so difficult. Uh, and just as we wrap up, um, I want to quickly share the story of Daniela. Daniela uh, had just come to Christ in April. We're really excited about that. She came along to the cafe because she was invited by others and then she started studying in the university right in front of, of Renovarte. She went to high school with one of the girls, or two of the girls that, that work with us, that are on the, on the ministry team. And Danny has just kind of found an oasis in Renovarte. She kind of understood the, the, the mission and, and what we're doing there and, and felt really loved in Renovarte. In April, the, the girls that work with us were also Sandy's cousins. Um, they, they invited her along to a church camp, youth camp. And, um, and on that camp, she heard the gospel and accepted Christ. And it's just amazing to see how her life is being transformed. But not just her life, but her family's life as well. Her family are all Catholic. She's got a sister who's a little bit younger. And she, she said to me the other day, just the way that her parents are starting to read the Bible a little bit. And, and she's just got this hunger to know God's word. And so we've connected her with some of the programs we do, but we don't, we're not about programs. So one of the girls who works with us, she said, Ah, Danny's just accepted Christ. What do we do? And I said, Hey, how about we give you the resources? As we, people have walked with you, how about you walk with her for a year? And so that's the process of multiplying. It's not about us doing all the discipling. It's about investing in those. So she started meeting with her and both of them are being blessed. So it's really exciting to see how people like Danny are getting connected to Christ and we want to teach them also to not lose that passion and hunger that they've got right now because each one of us shouldn't lose that passion and hunger. You know, after 10 years of being a Christian, we should be more on fire for Christ than we were the first day. And so our invitation and challenge is to not lose that first love. We become more mature, yes, but that maturity should be expressed in passionate evangelism, discipling, and reaching out to others. Sharing about Jesus. What's the latest thing that Jesus has done in your life? So there's much more that we'd love to share with you, but our time's gone so we're being and making disciples in Renovarte Cafe but also being and making disciples everywhere here's a couple of couples that that we've been investing in, Sandy's had the opportunity now to invest in many women through the church congregation and she's also started up a women's group uh, in our home who meet 
to encourage one another and explore more fully the biblical model of what it means to be a woman in Christ. So I'm so amazed and thankful for the way that God has worked in us and comforted us as a family, has deepened our walk and reliance on Christ so that many people can also be blessed through what God has done. So how can you participate? We'd love you to continue praying for us. Thank you so much for praying for us. And I hope today you've seen how God answers those prayers and works through those things. We want to continue to uh, embrace God's heart for mission. He is working all around this world. And this is just a little window into what he's doing in Querétaro, Mexico. But he's doing in Southeast Asia. He's doing it all around the world. God is at work. And so please continue to pray and please continue to be encouraged about what God is doing. But he's not just doing it over there, he's doing it right here as well. So my challenge for all of you is to see as God has comforted you both in your trials but also with that eternal comfort in Jesus, to share that with someone this week. And there's also the opportunity to partner with us as a family and also with the ministry around the ongoing needs that we have continue to make disciples over there so we've got more information in the foyer about that we've got some prayer cards Um, you can come and chat to us but we'd love to continue to share with you and we're just so thankful for the way that that Monty has been a key part of what God is doing in Querétaro, Mexico so here's a few prayer points Uh, I'll have my computer out there so you can get more information um, afterwards but thank you so much and let's pray that God would continue to do this work both in us here in Melbourne and to the ends of the earth. Father God, thank you so much for the way that you, being a glorious, comforting and compassionate God, have comforted us in all our troubles so that we can be a comfort to others. And that as we walk through trials, God, that you are the one who is completely reliable and trustworthy and we can depend on you. Lord, help us as we often want to rely on ourselves and we want our own comfort but God we want to live for your glory and we want to be obedient in the big things and in the little things for your glory thank you God for what you are doing around the world in reaching people with the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ Lord you are so good you are a God of comfort and hope and redemption and life. So God, we give you thanks for who you are, for what you've done in our lives. And Lord, we want to be your ambassadors to go to the ends of the earth and invite others to follow Jesus too and to experience that comfort and hope that we have experienced. Lord, I pray for the church here at Monty that they might be a shining light in this community for Christ not because of their own merits, but because of Christ in them. And Lord, that as we partner as servants in the gospel, that you would be glorified and that many people would come to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. We thank you for who you are, God. In Jesus' name, amen.